Welcome today. As my dad David shares from his heart, this short biblically-based devotional. David is a speaker, author, former pastor, songwriter, and founding director of Youth with the Mission Montana. He is also the author of the song In Moments Like These. This song appropriately describes this podcast, and I know his message will be encouraging to you. It was six o'clock on a cold winter Monday morning in 1992 at Logan Airport in Boston, Massachusetts. I had just finished conducting a seminar the night before at a church in Manchester, New Hampshire, and I was heading home to Montana. I had managed to get only three hours of sleep that night and was eagerly looking forward to boarding my jet and sprawling out for a well-deserved little nap. Much to my dismay, there were other people lining up to board my flight. Lots of people crowding in on my plane. This was not right. I'm a tired, special person who should not have to deal with people right now, I said to my humble, unselfish self. Being a frequent flyer, I raced to the front of the pack and charged through the gate ahead of the greedy mob. I hurried to the back of the great sleeping aircraft, found my exit row for extra legroom window seat, and grabbed two pillows from the overhead compartment and settled in for a blissful snooze. Not to happen. I couldn't believe it. Where were all these noisy people coming from? Didn't they know I needed rest? What really got me was someone was actually moving in on my middle seat, the one next to me, where I was going to turn and put my knees. He was a very tall, dark-skinned man, wearing a fashionable three-piece suit. He looked as if he might be from India or another eastern country. I pretended not to notice he was with a woman, his wife, who was dressed in her native attire, complete with nose rings and full-length garment. Because of the full seating situation, she had to sit in the middle seat, directly in front of her husband. Again, I pretended not to notice this. I didn't want to give up my window seat so she could sit next to her spouse. I was tired, after all, and I hadn't, I hadn't heard her complain. I turned toward my little window, jammed my pillows into the crack, took a fatigued breath of stale Delta air, and shut my poor, weary eyes. Now, dear friend, I promise I'm going somewhere with this story. I'm not always this selfish. Anyway, I couldn't sleep. Try as I did, I just couldn't sleep. We were in the air nearly an hour before I finally conceded and brought my seat into its full and upright position, somewhere over Lake Ontario. I was exasperated. But if you can't sleep, you might as well eat, and the breakfast cart was coming down the aisle. You know, it's amazing how you can sit next to and rub shoulders with someone for most of an hour and not say anything. Being a good Christian, even though I hadn't shown it up to that point, I eventually decided to say hello. And before too long, I found myself being cordial with this man. And I asked him where he was from. From Pakistan, he answered. 
My wife and I are here in America on a business trip, he said, nodding toward the seat in front of him. Oh, your wife, I said. Hmm, what kind of business are you in, I added quickly. I am a dentist. My wife is an orthodontist. We have started and we now oversee six clinics throughout our country. We were educated in America for the purpose of going back home and working with our people. Once a year, we return to the United States to attend field seminars so that we can keep up with the latest procedures and technology. I was impressed with this man's spirit. He seemed to be very caring, a strong but gentle man. Do you mind my asking you your beliefs? Are you Muslim? I asked. I trusted that this man's familiarity with Americans would allow me the grace to be a little more personal. Yes, he countered politely. My mother, however, is a Caucasian from Austria. This may have explained the man's unusual height. And she is of Christian heritage. She married my father, a Pakistani, who is of course Muslim. As a boy, I often conversed with my mother about Christianity, but I am a Muslim, he said. It seemed to me he was a little embarrassed to say so. Then I asked, would you mind sharing with me about your faith? I would sincerely like to know what it is you believe. For about a half an hour, the distinguished gentleman next to me shared the fundamentals of his religion. In closure, he divulged his deep concern over the hypocrisy he had witnessed among some in the faith who were very close to him. His last words, posed in the form of a question, were the ones that made me realize my purpose on that sleepless flight. He said, What I don't understand is, if God is supposed to be so loving, why do so many innocent people suffer? At that very moment, my heart skipped a beat. Not only was the issue of the suffering innocent one of my favorite teaching topics, but I was developing a genuine love for this sincere individual. It was an honor to sit and listen to him, and it was becoming clear to me that my inability to sleep and my encounter with this man was no accident. The father had kept me awake so that I could talk to a Muslim from the other side of the world, one he longed to hold and heal. Do you mind if I share my beliefs and feelings about God? I ventured. No, not at all. Please do, he answered. For the balance of our flight, I shared at length about the great and intense love of the Father and his passionate motivation for sending his Son, Jesus Christ, and how Jesus, in turn, fulfilled his role as the ultimate sacrifice on behalf of all people. I explained how Jesus provided us with the opportunity to be restored to our original place of security and significance as the fathers, sons, and daughters. As I spoke, the man moved to the edge of his seat, closer to me. I could see he was fighting back tears. In the end, I told my new friend how the Father in Heaven is the best Father imaginable, how much he values all the people of the earth and grieves over all who suffer. He loves you so much, 
I concluded. The man was at first silent and aghast. Then he said, I could never have imagined there could be such a God as this. Would you perhaps someday come to my country and share about this father to my friends? Now I was aghast. Yes, if it is in the Father's plan for me, it would be a great honor for me to come to your country. But you must know, He will always be beside you whenever you call out to Him. As he pulled his business card and address from his wallet, the plane touched down on the Minneapolis-St. Paul runway and carried us to our arrival gate. We were each to take other connecting flights from here, so we stood to our feet and made ready to leave. While I was reaching into the overhead compartment to retrieve my briefcase and coat, I felt someone take hold of my left arm. To my surprise, when I looked down, I was staring into the deep, brown, moist eyes of the man's beautiful wife. She stared intently into my eyes and said, I heard every word you shared with my husband. I thank you for all you said. I will never forget the words you have spoken. I could barely respond. When we reached the terminal and parted ways, the two travelers from Pakistan gave me smiles I will never forget. I stood still for a minute and prayed for both of them as they walked from my view. They were worth having no sleep. They were worth so much more. You may be wondering, did you ever see them again? No. God has never yet asked me to go to Pakistan. But I will never forget those moments when God had demonstrated his love to a beautiful Pakistani couple. And I believe in my heart that those two people are living joyfully under his loving care right now, today. And it just now occurs to me, these two were people of significant influence. I wonder how many others have heard and believed the good news from them. And it all began because our Father in Heaven arranged a very special appointment in the sky. What did I learn? Or rather, what was I reminded of after experiencing those very memorable moments on a plane in the winter of 1992? First this. I was reminded of just how much God loves people, people all over the earth, and He wants to bring as many as possible into His house to be His sons and daughters. I've never used this scripture in an episode, but it's time. It's the most well-known scripture of all, and it is for a reason. You know what I'm about to say. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16 Our Father in Heaven loves and values the people on this earth, and He went to extreme lengths to prove that. That's reminder number one. Second, dear friend, as I said last week, 
Stay connected to our Father's kingdom endeavors. As his sons and daughters, we have a wonderful purpose. He has assignments for us, and those assignments can be extremely rewarding. As I've said, give your life away for others and experience healing and renewal in your own life. Third and finally, and with what I said in mind, dear friend, be on the watch for your father's assignments. He has appointments ahead for you. Don't miss them. Someone needs to hear your father's heart through you. Don't be afraid. Let's be fearless and boldly join him in his passionate kingdom cause, the saving of lives. Dear Father in heaven, once again I pray for my friend, one you also love so much. I ask you to give this one a greater understanding of your love, a greater understanding of your purposes, a greater willingness to take on your assignments. Finally, in the appointments ahead, give this one wisdom and boldness. Let it be. You've been listening to In Moments Like These with David Graham. If you'd like to contact David or find out more information about In Moments Like These, please visit InMomentsLikeThese.com.